Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. From D2 to D3. With J.T. Mitchell. Best in sports reports listen here throughout the year And we're back from D2 to D3. I'm your host, J.T. Mitchell, and this is your brand new home for Division II and Division III sports coverage across the Magnolia State. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, this episode is brought to you by Eve's Law Firm. Doesn't matter if it's injury, accident, or whatever else life throws at you, you need an attorney from Eve's representing you. Call them now at 601-355-7961 or go to eveslaw.com. So first things first, I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who tuned in to last week's episode. The reception so far has been warm, lots of positive feedback, and I look forward to seeing what this show can do for not only Super Talk, but all of our great D2 and D3 schools across the state. You know, as I said last week, I firmly believe that small colleges don't get the love they deserve, at least from a media perspective. So that's why we're here and doing what we're doing. In episode number one, we caught up with Bellhaven head football coach Blaine McCorkle and Millsaps head football coach, interim head football coach, shall I say, Corey York, ahead of tomorrow night's Riverside Rumble. That's going to be a big game. 7 o'clock kickoff at the Bellhaven Bowl in Jackson. If you missed that episode or you know somebody who's a graduate of one of those two schools, a fan of one of those two schools, and they just want to know more about their teams going into a new season, point them here, point them to supertalk.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcast, wherever you listen, just search From D2 to D3. And Bellhaven and Millsaps isn't the only game we have going on tomorrow. We have Mississippi College at Kaiser, 5 o'clock kickoff, before Delta State at Missouri S&T at 6 o'clock. We're going to catch up with both of those coaches here in just a few minutes. But a little PSA I want to make clear. I want to reiterate to all of you out there listening that this show is not just about football. It's about all sports. However, it is that time of the season. It's the time of the season. Football is here. Football is what people are talking about. 
The show is about all sports and highlighting the great teams at all of our D2 and D3 schools. So with that being said, we do have lots of teams beginning their respective seasons this week. Uh, Let me just pull out my handy dandy schedules. You know, I love when schools do this. They post the This Week in X athletics on social media. Makes my life so much easier. So if you're an SID listening, thank you. All right. It looks like we have a lot of sports getting things rolling this week. On top of football at Bellhaven, you have volleyball, soccer, cross country. At Millsaps, volleyball, soccer, cross country. At Delta State, soccer and cross country. At Mississippi College, soccer, volleyball and cross country. And then at the W, you've got volleyball, soccer, cross country. And a little women's golf to wrap up the weekend. All of those schedules can be found on the school's websites. And I do look forward to catching up with those coaches in future episodes. A lot of great teams there. And speaking of the W, I want to make a quick clarification. So last week, it was mostly about football. I also explained why we launched this show and what our goals are with this program. But if I made it sound like Bellhaven and Millsaps are the only D3 schools in Mississippi, that is not true. We also have the Mississippi University for Women, a.k.a. the W. It's kind of the name they go by now, the W, especially when talking about athletics, considering they've been co-ed for about 40, 41 years now. Still no football team, and that's okay, but a lot of great teams there. I just wanted to make that clarification real quick. Okay, look, looky there. One week in, and we already have a correction, but there's five total D2 and D3 institutions in the state. One more time on the D2 side, Delta State, Mississippi College, the D3 side, Millsaps, Bellhaven, and the W. So lots of sports going on right now as the new school year begins to set in. Let's go ahead and hop over to our show's guest today, beginning with Coach Todd Cooley of Delta State. Then we'll speak with Coach John Bland of Mississippi College. When we come back from all of that, we'll go over some news around the D2 and D3 landscapes, get you up to date there, including which players made an NFL 53-man roster announced yesterday afternoon. We're back with From D2 to D3, and we now have head Delta State football coach Todd Cooley on the line. His team is gearing up for not only another big season, but a big game one against Missouri S&T tomorrow with a 6 o'clock kickoff time. Hey, Coach, how is your team feeling going into game one? Uh, you know, I think we're about like every other team in the country right now. We're we're ready to play, but we're probably not ready to play. That makes sense. I mean, we, we want to play somebody else. Uh, we want to see what we've got. Uh, but I don't know if you're ever really truly prepared for the first one. That's kind of where we are right now. Well, you made a good point yesterday in your press conference, saying it's different when you're conditioning throughout the summer and the spring getting ready. But then once you actually get on the field, that's when you know how conditioned you are. That's right. That's right. There's no doubt about it in my mind about that. So. And another point you made I found interesting yesterday was you said 10 of the 11 guys on your defense this time last year were new. That means your defense is older, and typically an older defense results in a better defense. How's that unit shaping up? I I like where where they are. You know, I think uh, they've done a good job of, um, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is uh, last year during fall camp, after about five practices, 
you know, we had a D coordinator change probably happened in late June. Coach Kelvin Green, who was my D coordinator at the time, he left to go to the University of Arkansas, and we were lucky enough to hire Chance Albersworth, who had been with us before uh, back in 19, and Chance came in, and we were going to try to keep the defense the same. And we got into about five days of camp. We were a three-down front, three-three stack defense, and it just really didn't fit our personnel for this past season. So five days in, we switched to uh, a four-down front. And it was what Chance was more comfortable with. I was more comfortable with it. And we, we rolled out 10 new starters on defense, a brand-new defense that we hadn't even practiced, you know, that long. And we were playing a triple-option offense in Kentucky State. So we pretty much had the trifecta working against us. And those guys just went to work and, and put up put a really solid game together. We played really well. I think we ended up winning the game 33-10 to 10 or something like that and played really well up there, held, held the triple down pretty good. And uh, I think from that day and, and just moving forward, uh, Coach Alvesworth and his staff have done a really good job of adding more to it. You know, we're more advanced this time than we were a year ago. So I, I feel like well, they've come a long way. I feel like our defense continues to get better every day they go out there. But it's like, like we said from the start, you know, we, we've got to go play a game and really see what happens when the – so this time last year, five practices into camp, completely revamped the defense. That's what you call adapting and thriving because it turned into a pretty good group last season. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's that's what they call coaching sometimes. You got to go with what you got, you know, and, and that's that's what suited us. And, you know, I told the D-line room, I said, you guys need to handle this, handle this and accept this. And there's going to be one more of you on the field than there was. And that's not a bad thing. Let's, let's go to work. No, and luckily, the personnel was able to adapt to a new game plan so close to the season. I'm sure you guys were fixing things here and there, but obviously it worked out. It did. It did. I thought we played really well. Uh, You know, the the biggest thing I think that you can take away from our last year's team was uh, if if you're into stats, and I'm into certain stats. Certain stats don't really bother me. Uh, Like time of possession does not affect me at all. Uh, It's all about how you're going to score. But, you know, we were number one in red zone scoring offense and we were number one in red zone scoring defense. And if you can do that uh, and you're plus, plus in the turnover ratio, you've got a chance to have a really, a really nice season, you know, and you got to do that and you got to win some games, some close games. So we were able to do some of that too. And, and that's why we, we were able to win 11 last year. Um, but like I said, last year's over with, it's time for 23. And, and I'm ready to see what this group is going to be and how our identity is going to change how we're going to be different from 22 and what did we learn that's really good from 22 and, and what did we learn that we want to correct and see if we can get that done this year. And you can have the ball all day long, but if you don't score, you don't win. But that was that's something right. you guys were able to do last year was score and score a lot. Let's look at the offense a bit. You have two big all-conference players returning in quarterback Patrick Shegog and guard Keyshawn Jennings. We'll come back to Patrick, but first, what does Keyshawn mean as kind of that anchor of the offense, and how is the front five shaping up around him? Well, I mean, he's he's been a, a four-year starter, a classy, just unbelievable young man. You know, he's a finance major. He, he won uh, some big-time uh, banker award in the state of Mississippi. So, number one, he just brings maturity, uh, leadership, uh, and just a guy that's got a lot of snaps under his belt, wants to win, uh, very competitive, very obviously intellectual. And um, it starts with him uh, up front, and, and we're glad he's back, obviously. Uh, so that, that helps, you know, because we lost two really, really good offensive tackles from a year ago. So mm-hmm. having Keyshawn back there in the middle – uh, kind of helps 
everybody feel a little bit better going into this season. But you feel comfortable about your front five right now? I do. I like them. I think they work well together. Uh, I think they've been tested pretty good in fall camp and spring ball because I think our defensive line is is improved from a year ago. So I feel comfortable with those guys. A couple of them are going to be making uh, their first – well, I I say a couple. It's one. It's going to be two. That's right. We're going to start a center for the first time at the Delta State. We're going to start our right tackle his first game at Delta State. Uh, Both guys are transfers, but – They've earned that right, and I feel like they, uh, they're going to go out and play to our standard. I'm pretty excited about watching them compete. And they'll be blocking for some really good skill players, one of which is quarterback Patrick Shegog. He won Offensive Player of the Year last year for the Gulf South Conference. He's coming back for a six-year, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league. You've said in the past that he's one of your all-time favorite guys to coach. Can you give the listeners, if you don't mind, a little insight into who Patrick is? Well, I mean, you just have to kind of know his whole story. You know, this is a young man that was committed to Tulane his senior year at uh, South Panola High School. And, and about, I, I don't know if it was a month out, two to three weeks out, you know, he got dropped from his commitment to Tulane. And that opened the door for us. Uh, obviously, he had a high ACT score, very smart. He's going to graduate this summer with his master's degree. But then he comes in here at 18 and kind of gets thrust into the starting role uh, due to injury. And, and he ends up becoming Gulf South freshman of the year but we we were not a good football team you know we lost three games in a two-minute drill where you know had a chance to go win a game he just didn't know how to do it yet you know and it was a lot to be thrown on such a young 18 year old kid you know uh he comes back in 19 he's having he's having a good year and then he he gets injured season in the injury and then obviously COVID hits and then in 21 he he just he doesn't have a great year and then going into 22 I mean he was our third string quarterback going into week one and fought his way back I think he, he went right before the game started. We, we made a decision he would be the backup. Uh, and then week two, he didn't start again. He was the backup in that game. And, and he came in that game and just played lights out. And then it was kind of like, okay, here's our quarterback for this year. And, and stayed healthy. And, you know, 39 touchdowns later, he's, he's player of the year. And we won a conference championship. So, you know, he's just very calm guy, very classy. Can't say enough about him. So we're lucky to have him in our program. And, um, he's a statesman and, and he's represented us the right way. You know, when everybody's talking about, you know, going to the portal and going other places, I mean, he never even once even thought about something like that. You know, he wanted to stay here. I mean, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody would have taken him out of the portal this year. You know, after the year he had last year, he still had a year left. I'm sure somebody would have taken him, um, if he wanted to do that. Um, but like, I don't even think about that. I don't finish my master's. I want to, I want to come back and try to, try to run this thing back and have another great year. That's why I'm just, uh, Very, very partial to that guy. I like him a lot. And that says a lot about the program. I mean, with the transfer portal, every college is undergoing this constant battle with the portal. And so it says a lot about the program. And then once you got Patrick in last year and he started playing like that, you kind of got to play him. So he should be set for another big season. You can't get him back for a seventh year, can you? Well, I... I don't know. I think we might petition the NCAA for another one. I, I wish he could. But no, I think, I think this, is the, this is the last dance. Well, we can try it this time next year, right? That's uh, right. Okay, so talking about the roster a little bit more, offense, defense, doesn't matter. What other players should fans be on the lookout for? Oh, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I think, I think we've got some really good running backs. Um, you know, I think we've got uh, some really good running backs. K.J. Smith, So Franklin. Um, we got uh, Christian Malloy, who's back. Um, we got a freshman, Tamaj Hobbins. We got four running backs we feel solid about. 
Um, I think the receiving core is, is going to be exciting to watch. Uh, there's a lot of inexperience there, but Todd Lee Battle is kind of separating himself uh, through fall camp as, as a guy that you can really count on day in and day out. Uh, of course, Todd Lee's been – he's a senior. It's time. He's been playing some good football up here for a long time. Um, obviously – you know, defensively, I think there's a, there's a ton of guys over there that that have, that we're hoping have really really good years. Um, and and you know, it's you know up front you got Tamaje Porter, Demario Demario Martin, um, Marcus Faulkner. I mean, uh, the list goes on and on. On the back end, you got Malik Jones, cornerback uh, who was All Conference a year ago. You got Marlon Windham who plays what we call our dog position. Who pound for pound might be our best football player on on our team, and then you know the things that we're going to have to we're going to have to find we got to find a, we got to find a kick returner we got to identify that guy and see if a guy can step up uh, as a kick returner our punt returner's back um, Parker Burleson's back as our punter and kickoff guy and I think he's one of the best in Division Two, and then we return Nick Herber um, who was All American kicker from a year ago who will be a junior along with Parker so. I feel like we've got on paper a really good football team, but you just never know till you go put it together and, and go play. And um, we're excited about this challenge. Yeah, well, you just listed off half the roster. It sounds like you're yeah, in a really good place. You know, when you, you know when you start getting on stuff like this, you you got so many kids you want to talk about, and you don't want to leave anybody out. And you, you want everybody to know about our players, you know. And um, but those are just the guys I see, you know, that I think that are going to make some. some significant impact forces and it takes a lot of guys to have a good football team i mean it's unlike other sports basketball you can have seven eight good guys you're gonna have a good team in football you got to be 35 40 50 deep in order to have a really strong program you know there's so many guys in football that that go they're so valuable to your football program but they might not be the the, the household name or the, the all-conference guy, but you know that if you didn't have that kid in the, the year with what he did and sacrificed for you, you wouldn't have been successful at all. And even yeah, if it's guys, just a special teams player. Exactly. 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 No doubt about it. Um, okay. I got a couple more minutes if you have time. We've talked sure. about the roster. Done pretty well there. Coaching changes. You brought in sure. two new ones, defensive line mm-hmm. coach Ryland Widener and wide receivers coach Alex Bell. How are they transitioning? Mm-hmm. They're doing really well. You know, the, the thing that I liked about both of them is that they wanted to be here. They wanted to be at Delta State. I mean, they made no bones about it from the jump in the interview process. Coach, we want we want this job. We want to be a part of what Delta State has done. And, and it's not only just because of, hey, we won last year and this and that and the great tradition of Delta State, but you also got to look at the great coaching tradition of Delta State when you start talking about all the guys that have come through here as coaches that will really start to blow your mind when you start mentioning, you know, Ron Roberts, who's now the D.C. at Auburn. you got Pete Golden, who's the D.C. at Ole Miss. You, you know, you got Mike Bloomgren, head coach at Rice. you got Jerry Mack, running back coach at Tennessee. you got Kelvin Green, University of Arkansas, Lanier Gothy with the Atlanta Falcons, Carl Scott with the Seattle Seahawks, Dave Aranda, head coach at Baylor. I mean, the list just goes on and on. So there's always assistant coaches that when we get a job that pops up, they want to be a part of that because they know of the coaching tree from this university is so strong. You know, so those guys wanted to be a part of it. I think they've done a really good job. They have adapted to our culture very, very well. They've um, taken control of their room very well. They they put their, you know, their touches on their room. They've done a great job uh, tracking academics and, and done a great job in the recruiting process. And 
they're fun to come to work with every day. Man, uh, you must have had our break room bug this morning because that's exactly what we were talking about when prepping for this interview is a laundry list of good coaches that have come through Delta State. Yeah, and I'm sure I left, I left, I know I left a bunch of them out because it just goes on and on and on. And I can't even mention the numerous high school coaches that have come through here, but I mean, it's a proud place, man. That's why I still, I love it here. I'm, I'm so honored to be the head coach here just because of the tradition here and, and, and what we're all about up here at Delta State. You know, it's just people care about it up here, and, and that's why I wanted to be here, you know, so badly. And, you know, when you talk about an atmosphere like that and coaches wanting to be there, I think that was apparent when you hired the two new coaches this year. I was reading over the Widener announcement and his first statement he gave to the media about being hired. He said, yeah, one of the reasons I want to be in Cleveland is to win a national title. Uh, I know that's the goal for everyone in the program. And you guys are close. Last season made it to the second round of the playoffs. Does it feel like your team is gearing up to take that next? step you know i i think you know we don't shy away from that you know but we don't dwell on it you know i, I it's not for us it's not it's it's kind of like be where your feet are man just one game at hey, a time we, one game at a time let's just enjoy the day because i felt like in the spring i could feel a tension in the spring that i haven't felt before and and i brought my seniors in and said what, what, what's going on and they was like coach we just feel like it's we got to win that championship i said no you know we're just gonna go to work today and we're going to put it step by step, and, and, and we're going to enjoy the process, and we're going to put ourselves in a position to where we've got a team that can legitimately talk about winning a national championship. But, man, there's so much wood to be chopped between now and, 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 and even right now. I mean, there's so many games you got to play. There's so many things you have to do. And right now, man, all we're trying to do is win today, win this practice today, travel the correct way to Rolla, Missouri, and then focus on going 1-0 and this week, and then we can – learn from all the mistakes we're going to make because we're going to make a ton of them Thursday night. Hopefully we're going to make them full speed. And then we'll come back and reevaluate, figure out how we got to do it again the next week. And then that whole process starts over week by week by week. And if you keep your head down, you know, like you said, you're in the second round of the playoffs and you start to see a little light at the end of the tunnel. If you can get past that one, you get the next one, then you got a chance. But um, we got to get there first. And it's hard to get there in our league. Very, very hard. It is. And I know that was a bit of a stretch, just seeing what I could get out of you, but you're right. Oh, yeah. You know, if you take it 24 hours at a time, it doesn't matter if you're playing football or just playing the game of life. You win today, then you focus on tomorrow. You win tomorrow, okay. the next day, you win that day. Eventually, you'll win the big stuff, you know. That's right. That's right. I think, too, if you don't do that, you know, because let's just be honest, there's only going to be one team at the end of the season that puts up that big trophy. Now, we pray every day it's us, and we hope it is, but Man, you can miss a lot of good stuff in there if that's all you're working about or thinking about. You know, you, you can miss what a, what a beautiful practice we can have today, what, what beautiful meetings we can have today, what focus we can have together. And if you're always looking forward to something else, you know, you're going to miss what's in front of you. We're just trying to stay in the present, man. That's why, you know, they say the present, that's a gift. You know, so that's that's what we're trying to do is stay in the present right now. You got to be able to feel your feet under you. Um, like I said, that's going to be a six o'clock kickoff, Delta State at Missouri S and T. This has been head Delta State football coach Todd Cooley on the program. Thanks, Coach. Hey, man, appreciate everything y'all do for our state, our sports. Thank y'all. Absolutely. See you, Coach. Talk soon. All right, man. Bye. Lots of good insight there from Coach Cooley. Next up, we'll catch up with Coach John Bland of Mississippi College as his team heads into week one as well. 
We're back with From D2 to D3, and on the other line, we have Mississippi College head coach John Bland as the Choctaws gear up for game one tomorrow at NAIA Kaiser. That's a five o'clock kickoff time. Hey, coach, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Just getting ready for the, having this trip right here, getting ready for the ball game. Well, it's finally here. Does it feel real? <laughs> it does. When you get on that bus, it starts to feel real. Uh, you know, when you got a long trip like this, you, you know it's here for sure. How long is that trip? I think it's about 13 hours. Well, big game ahead of you all. This is a team you all did play last year. You all beat 26-8 to in Week 2. How are you feeling about Game 1 and all the work you guys have put in so far this offseason? Well, you know, it's the new year, and uh, I'm, they, they came off of a great season. They were Kaiser was uh, national runner-up, so they had three tough games to start their season last year with, with Valdosta State, us, and then they also went up to play an FCS team in Lindenwood and, and uh, did well. After that point, they went undefeated all the way to the national title game, and so I know their, their, uh, their recruiting class – uh, was really good because of the success they had. So it'll be interesting. We'll have to play our best to compete against them. And I believe y'all will. The other day I saw WJTV's Blake Levine was over there in Clinton after practice, and he put together a really good report. It sounds like the offense is going to be a bit more balanced this season. I believe that's what you said. Former offensive coordinator Tommy Laurendine is out and off to the Naval Academy, and Marcus Hayes has been brought in as the new OC. Can you give us a quick update on how the offense might differ this year? Well, you know, Coach Hayes has come in. He's uh, done a great job for us, and we're helping to, helping us uh, in part of the running game, but also the passing game, which we, we've had some success in the running game. We've uh, done real well, one of the leaders in the nation. But running the triple option is, is not easy to do. You have to prepare an awful lot. But we will still run some of that, but we'll also run some – some spread type of offense that matches what we do already, but but also will allow our quarterbacks to be able to distribute the ball through the air a little bit more than than we have in the past, and maybe just maybe a lot more. You just never know. But it is going to uh, open our, as, as a lot of people say, open it up just a little bit. Uh, we don't want to throw away some of the things we did really really well, and that'll be the challenge. You know, just just uh, kind of on the edge of doing two different offenses, but I feel like we'll be able to get a little bit of the best of both. So kind of a triple option spread hybrid is what I'm hearing? Uh, it may be. It may be. We'll have to name it once it's all done, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if we could get credit for it, who knows? Who knows? I'll look forward to seeing how it all plays out. Uh, I am too. Because, you know, you've run the triple option for a while. If done right, the triple option is one of the hardest, most confusing offenses for a defense to stop. You see schools that have made a living on it. Georgia Tech did forever before moving away from it a couple of years ago. Navy, Army, the Citadel, they all do it and do it well on the D3 level. Schools like Washington and Lee have proven successful with the triple option. So if executed correctly, it really gives your team an advantage, wouldn't you say? It is. You know, when it's, it's something that is, you know, there's a lot of good offenses. Just one of the things that is really good about the triple option is that not many people do it, like you're saying. And so when defenses have to prepare for it, they usually get about two days or, you know, one week total, but two real good days of practice 
to practice against it, and that that goes to the advantage of the triple option team, just because they see a spread most every week, and and uh, defenses are prepared better for that. Um, so it, it is an advantage, uh, kind of levels the playing field. And as we do, as we went back from Division Three to Division Two, it was uh, it leveled the playing field a little bit for us. I uh, wish I'd have gone to it a little bit earlier. We can do it completely like we had when Tommy was here. Tommy Laurendine, he uh, did a great job for us. But we, uh, you know, the one difficult thing about it is not many kids in high school run it either. So it's uh, it's a recruiting battle, you know, is got to find the right people to, to run that style of offense as well. But it can be an advantage. There's no doubt about it. So you guys kind of used it as an equalizer when moving back up a division? Yes, it is. Uh, I think I feel like that's what we did. And, and our defense really loves it because they, uh, you know, it does keep the ball for a long time. Most, most defenses on our, on the team with the triple option like it because they get more rest. You know, they don't have to play as many plays. And, and uh, it goes to an advantage there as well. And I heard you say quarterbacks last year, John yeah. Henry White. He's returning. He won conference yes. freshman of the year. But it sounds like he won't be the only one getting snaps. Can you tell me a little more there? No, yeah, there's, there's a John Henry White's going to be really good for us. He's having a great camp. And uh, I feel like he's, he's uh, improving on his game, not just in the running game, but also in the passing game. Uh, he also is, uh, we also have Cameron Davis, who came in from Southwest Community College. And uh, he has uh, got a, a large frame. He's 6'4", 220, uh, can throw the football extremely well, and also is athletic enough to run. I don't think he'll, he'll run the triple quite like John Henry, but he will be able to run from the gun and uh, is athletic enough to take off and run with it. So I feel, feel good about our quarterbacks, now those two especially. Uh, I expect both of them to play and help us. And then moving to running back, Marcus Williams, a big player, a big player to watch, if you ask me, last season as yes. a sophomore, had just under 1,000 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns. But one stat that really pops out on paper is nine yards per carry. Pretty explosive. Yes. How's Marcus looking? Yeah, he looks great. As always, he's, uh, he's, he's got a special talent, that's for sure. And like you said, that, that over nine yards of carry, the only thing that would probably bother me about that is why we didn't give it to him more. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that means we're probably going to win if we hand him the ball a little bit more. But he is uh, really, really good. Uh, everybody knows it. And I think this offense will help him as well. You know, in the triple option, sometimes uh, defenses can take away something. Well, when they take something away, the the quarterback runs it or the fullback runs it. In this in this style of offense, where we could run some triple, but also we want him to get it, we can use some of that spread and hand him the football. Well, now you have a chance at redemption. You can give him the ball more. Season There's no doubt about Thursday. it. That's exactly right. Um, exactly right. I think a lot of people, at least in our world, the Division Two and Division Three worlds, know that MC kind of runs some triple option. But what about the defense? I don't think a lot of people are familiar with what defense you guys have been running. Well, we've been running a three-three stack. We'll also run out of a four a four-man front too. So we've you see some of those. Uh, you see a little bit of three-three stack as well. You've seen some, but not as much of that uh, in 
in Division One and on TV and that type of thing. So it is difficult to prepare for as well. But some people think it's easy to run against because there's only three men on the line. Well, we usually get four up there, but we do have the capabilities of going to a four-man front as well. So it's uh, it's very sound, and I think we're going to be better this year. We'll have to be stronger than we've ever been in in all three parts of our defense, the D-line, the linebackers, and the secondary. So I feel real good about our defense. Uh, we'll have more experience. We also have uh, had a great year of recruiting uh, this year on our defensive side of the ball especially. Well, it sounds like you're pretty confident in what both units are going to look like this season. Any other players that we haven't mentioned that fans who are listening right now need to be on the lookout for? Well, you know, on our defensive line, we've got some really good newcomers uh, Brennan Blake and Scott Burton are really good. I've got a great returner in Deshaun Washington. They, I think they're, he's going to be the leader of our team. Uh, got uh, Jason Betts at linebacker, who's uh, very special. He's uh, got a nose for the football. Got several others. Uh, a newcomer in Hayden Hill as well uh, at linebacker. Nick Grady's going to return for us in the secondary. He made some huge plays for us last year, and it really helped us win. Against North, I mean against uh, West Georgia, uh, over there he had two interceptions, big interceptions against North, uh, West Georgia when they were number five in the country, and we got a big victory over there. And so we've got some really good players on defense, and and I think those players will shine a little bit of everywhere. You, of course, you talked about Marcus Marcus Williams, and uh, got some really good ones at, in, in the offensive line. I think we'll be solid, and I feel real good about all of them though. So it's a uh, it's going to be a good year. I think we'll we'll have some names pop out of there that at several positions that will have chances to earn some uh, postseason accolades, no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we look forward to watching who will stand out this season. And, of course, we'll be rooting for MC when you take on Kaiser at 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Thanks for taking the time today, Coach. Thank you so much for having me. That was Coach John Bland of Mississippi College Football, and we'll be right back with From D2 to D3. Two really good interviews there from both Coach Bland and Coach Cooley as their teams begin their respective seasons tomorrow night. We wish them the best and, of course, are very appreciative for them taking the time to join from D2 to D3. So as for what we teased right before we heard from today's guest, the NFL did have to finalize their 53-man rosters on Tuesday afternoon with multiple D2 and D3 guys from around the nation making the cut. I say multiple as I'm grouping both of these divisions together. On the D3 side, we had just one player making a 53-man roster, and that was former Baldwin-Wallace defensive back Anthony Kendall. The All-American did make the Tennessee Titans 53-man. Last season with the Yellow Jackets, he had 12 pass breakups, 3 interceptions, and 56 tackles in 10 games. But the unfortunate news is that the Titans had to make room for Kendall and a handful of other newcomers, which resulted in them cutting former Barry standout wide receiver Mason Kinsey. Kinsey, who still could be picked back up by the Titans for their practice squad, say he clears waivers or isn't picked up by another team, had a relatively good preseason, I thought at least, around eight receptions, 77 yards. He played in a couple different positions. I saw one picture floating around online of him taking snaps from the quarterback position. I assume it was some sort of wildcat formation, but definitely a player that some team could use. Mason Kinsey should be back on a roster 
roster soon. On the D2 side, three rookies made NFL rosters at the final cut. Those were Caleb Murphy, a linebacker out of Ferris State. He joins our D3 guy, Kendall, in Nashville. Emmanuel Wilson actually led the league this preseason in rushing yards. He played preseason ball with the Packers and was retained by Green Bay. Wilson is a running back out of Fort Valley. And then, of course, Tyson Bagent. We talked some about him last week. He's starting to garner some ESPN headlines. He did make the 53-man roster with the Bears, as he, at this point, is nearly a shoe-in to be the backup quarterback behind Justin Fields. Chicago recently cut P.J. Walker, so that leaves just Bajent and Nathan Peterman. Bajent was the 2022 Harlan Hill Trophy winner while playing at Shepard, and he's been having a really impressive offseason. Some other players that didn't make 53-man rosters worth noting. Let's start with West Florida wide receiver David Durden, a.k.a. Project X. He's not currently listed on the Cowboys 53, which might be a surprise to some. However, it's just due to injuries. He's on the IR. He had a concussion. Then he had a leg injury. He's trying to work his way back up. And if you're not familiar with his pre-draft story, it's super interesting. So the Athletic, which I personally think, think is the best in the business when it comes to in-depth sports journalism. They do a feature piece each year that looks at one draft prospect. They give you all of his attributes and qualities, but don't tell you his name just yet. And this year, that was David Durden. And Riders with the Athletic, they considered him the most overlooked player in the draft. So I do expect big things from David Durden in the future. Another IR guy is former Northern Michigan again offensive tackle Jake Witt he's with the Colts and working to get back on the 53-man roster unfortunately Delta State's two guys working towards their first NFL team offensive tackle Nicholas Melsop and wide receiver Dante Myers did not make initial 53-man rosters from what I'm seeing Melsop was originally signed by the Chargers back in April and Myers was invited to rookie camp in Atlanta and I just want to say this there are a lot of D2 and D3 guys out there right now working their butts off to make a professional team, whether it be NFL, XFL, Euro Leagues, whatever. And I look forward to keeping up with those stories and watching those careers fold out because it is a grind and those are the stories we love the most. So moving on, last week we did not have a preseason coaches poll for the Southern Athletic Association, which is where Millsaps plays, but now we do. So let's run through that real quick then we'll go ahead and get out of here. So starting off at number one is, of course, Trinity with 63 points and seven first place votes. Trinity is preseason ranked number four in the entire nation and is undoubtedly the team to beat in the SAA this year. I feel pretty confident that they'll make the playoffs, but if somehow they don't or there's two bids from the SAA, it might just be Barry as the Vikings came in at number two with 57 points and two first place votes. Number three is Center with 47 points. Tied at number four is Rhodes and Birmingham Southern, 37 points a pop. Hendricks at number six with 30 points. Number seven, Southwestern with 28. And then number eight, the Majors of Millsaps with 14 points. 
with Sewanee coming in at number nine with 11. So discussing Millsaps, they may be projected number eight, but as we know, preseason rankings really don't mean squat. What matters is how you play and where you rank at the end of the year. The confidence is definitely high over there off State Street. And if you want to learn more about the Millsaps football program going into this season, go back to episode number one. We caught up with interim head coach Corey York. We also caught up with Bellhaven head football coach Blaine McCorkle as his team is an expected playoff team going into the new year. So lots of sports going on this week around the D2 and D3 scene in Mississippi. We went over all that in segment one, highlighted, of course, by a full slate of football games on Thursday night. As always, thanks for tuning in. Keep up with scores, storylines, and more at supertalk.fm. I'm your host, JT Mitchell, and this has been episode number two of From D2 to D3. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.